Welcome to Vilify, the podcast where we celebrate the art of the villain. Join us as we journey to explore the nuances of brilliance behind the characters we love to hate. It's time to appreciate the finer shades of gray in storytelling and uncover the charm that makes villains the unsung heroes of narrative complexity. Hi, I'm Clint. And I'm Chris. And we're here to rock your soft sauce with some villains. I'm excited today. Are you, buddy? Yeah, rock the socks off. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. No villain is complete with socks on, in my opinion. So, I mean, you know, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about, I'm really excited. We've been talking about doing this podcast for a while. And I just think that it's really cool that, you know, we did a couple things that was like a web web camera. And what's really funny is even that video that we did for Vilify, um, you, you know, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was well done, you know, or anything like that, but I got so many people saying, when are you going to start this back up? When are you going, when are we going to be talking about villains again? Millions and, of views, right? Yeah. I, I'm literally tens. Tens of millions. Tens. Tens of views. Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Like, I remember that. It was so, it was just really cool. And it was like, it was really cool. And the biggest, the my, like our biggest probably hero is my nephew who was talking about it all the time. And he was telling me all these jokes. I mean, he called me and he was like, Hey, let's talk about villains. And it's the most I've ever talked to him. And I was, I was actually really, really excited. About Shout it. out it to Clint's like, nephew. Yeah. If you're out there, Luke, you're welcome. <laughs> so, like, so today we're going to be talking about kind of villains that got us into liking villains. So I don't know about you, but I think that a villain makes a movie, right? I mean, if the movie is terrible, I bet you a 10 out of 10 chance the villain was terrible. And so and and I just, it, you know, it breaks down to is, does a villain believe what he says? Does a villain like is he worth is he willing to go uh, the whole enchilada with it? You know, like, is he willing to to die for his beliefs or is he willing to manipulate for his beliefs or, you know, like a villain? really has to uh, encompass, uh, he has to match the energy of the hero while also in a way being smarter than the hero because he's got to put a challenge out for the hero to solve. And in order to do that, you have to be, you have to be one step ahead. And so, and I think that's the mark of a really good villain. And so it, that does that. So it's interesting. I think for me, so two things, one, over the last couple of weeks in preparation for this, I, I got really interested in the like difference between a hero, I'm sorry, a villain and an antagonist, right? Mm -hmm. um, from a literary standpoint, what the difference between those two concepts are. Um, and uh, if if you were interested, the 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 interesting one I saw on the internet was like Darth Vader's a villain and an antagonist. Um, Space debris in the movie Gravity is an antagonist, you know. Yeah. So, so really, anything that the writer's using as a plot device against the uh, hero is the antagonist, right? So, a villain. Then, I think to your point, a story can be good without a villain, but stories are better with a villain oh, because yeah. there is something about uh, humanizing bad people, the forces against our hero that make the hero better, right? And I think about a lot of like the, the, the criticisms that the MCU's had over the last, you know, several years and talking about like, uh, you know, they have that kind of 
bizarro hero concept, right? So like in in Black Panther, you're you know he's finding an exact version of himself. It's the opposite, and uh, the same for um, Ant Man, the first Ant Man, the same for the first three Iron Mans. It's always like just the opposite of the hero. Um, and, and then the problem is the villains never really stand out. So the hero's always just kind of like, yeah, I got this. And there's no stakes and there's no depth in the story arc. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I've noticed that a movie that where you already have an established hero and then you have a villain come in and he almost has to match that energy. The we always have that we always have that look of a of a movie that has that and we're like oh man if only the villain I really like these movies to where the villain is already like this is where I'm going this is what I'm doing and it's the hero that has to change you know and it's and the so, motives too yeah. right oh, yeah. like the motives of the villain I I always think that the mark of a good villain for me is that I'm still thinking about the villain days after I watched the movie or the TV show or read or whatever. And the, the motives of the villain, if they are enough for my brain to keep chewing on, then I love it. Right. And it always leads to like greater conversation. Like uh, my son and I watched the original Frankenstein. And so like, I mean, a a lot like, yeah. And he, it was his idea. He was like, I want to watch the original Frankenstein. And I was like, and as any good parent, I was like, why? (laughs) You know, like, but he was, he wanted to watch that. And I was like, you know, these, these old horror movies might, he's not like into the new horror stuff. He's not like that, but he loves a good story. So we watched the old Frankenstein and it got us talking about when Frankenstein throws that girl into the water. Did Frankenstein know what he was doing or did he just choose to be bad in that moment and, and let that girl and actually my son was looking at it and he's like, dad, but if he didn't know, does that make him a villain? And I was like, yes, it does. It makes him a terrible, terrible villain because, you know, and, and there's so many things, but there's like really kind of like they were supposed to get a good brain. They ended up getting an abnormal brain and all this stuff. I feel like we need to have an entire episode dedicated to who's the real villain. Oh man. That is, that's, that's great. The story, yeah. right? Yeah. Is, is, well, and I think that's really cool about that movie is because there was multiple people you're like, oh, he's, he's definitely yeah, not the good every, guy. Everybody's the villain. Yeah. Maybe except the monster. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, and that's actually what, what my son was like. He was like, but it was really cool that I got to have these conversations with a 12 year old, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's really great about, you know, about these things, you know? And so, and you get to think about not just like those classic, amazing villains. There's villains nowadays that make you think really well. Like, like I love, oh, one of my favorite animated movies of all time is uh, Wreck-It Ralph, you know? Cause why? Cause Ralph's a villain, you know? And I love that support group that he's in and Zangief from Street Fighters in there. <laughs> just one, yes, I love Zangief. He was my favorite Street Fighter. He was, he was all, no one else liked him. I don't Solid. know why patch of hair oh dude he had that patch of hair it was just, you could braid it and it was amazing and uh but he he's zangief says something he's like just because i'm a bad guy doesn't mean i'm a bad guy 
you know? And I was like, oh, yes, this is the kind of movie I want. And, and, and jumping, you know, doing all that. I just thought it was really cool. So, you know, looking at some of these movies like, you know, and Frankenstein and, and Wreck-It Ralph, which those aren't even on our list today of what we're going to talk about. But like, what's some movies, what are some villains that kind of like had a huge impact on you? You know, like what is, what are some of the, what's a villain that when you saw that as a, and I remember like where I was when I saw these villains that we're about to talk about, what, you know, like they, they made you do exactly what you said is after the movie, I thought about it. I was like, whoa, I really, really like this. And it made me actually watch the movie again and again and again. And I'm going to come out guns blazing right here. So my, uh, one of my favorite, I'm going to say nerdy movies for a villain is Curly Bill from Tombstone. And Tombstone one is one of my favorite all time movies. One, not just because the cast is amazing. It's, it's really good, but it's just like men being men. They spit, they got mustaches, they shoot things. Ah, it's, it's awesome. Like, I mean, Doc Hollett, Val Kilmer is Doc Hollett. You don't think that Val Kilmer's playing Doc Holliday. Like you literally think that Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday, you know? And so, and, and the same thing with like Curly, Curly Bill, Curly Bill, is the bad guy in in Tombstone that he's leader of the Cowboys and man I remember watching that movie the first time and seeing that guy and go that dude is cool like I mean he had all the he had this entourage he had this uh I mean he he had all of his guys that he had like Ike Clanton and Ringo and all of the Johnny Ringo and all these great characters and he they answered to him he was their leader and Johnny Ringo is by his right could be in that nerdy category as well because he was awesome but he answered to curly bill like he was the guy and curly bill was he killed law enforcement he challenged someone who was i mean you think you're challenging wyatt earp all right and you're making it believable like powers booth nailed that role man because he you, you looked at it and you're like oh man because i mean you know in Kurt Russell as as uh, Val or Kurt Russell as White Earp was just awesome. But when he when he's sitting there and and uh, I mean, hey, you're watching a movie or you're listening to a movie podcast. There's going to be spoilers, all right? So spoiler warning. This is a big spoiler warning. When Morgan Earp dies because Curly Bill put out that hit to him, and Wyatt Earp rides up to him and says. I want you to know it's over because it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, they're, they're leaving town. Wyatt Earp and his family are leaving town. They've lost Curly Bill is one tombstone, you know, and, and they're about to leave. And, and he just looks at Curly Bill and he says, it's over. It's done. And Curly Bill just looks at him with this dead impression of his eyes and goes, well, bye. <laughs> and you're just sitting there like, oh, so Cool. I remember like even talking about it now, I get like goose pimples thinking about it just because that is such a great, great villain. Man, he was good. I mean, when he killed uh, when he killed the marshal in front of the the the, the canary. Oh, it's just so, so good. So Curly Bill is probably my nerdy role. If And if you've never seen Tombstone, I would really recommend uh, go watch it because Curly Bill itself is amazing, but there's a lot of great characters in it that could actually be antagonists. All of them could be, but the the villain. So I have a follow up question. Yeah, do you call them goose pimples? Yeah, what do you call them? Goosebumps, like the mo- like the TV like show, the TV show, the, really? the, the book, the R.L. Stein books. Goosebumps. They're gone. They're goosebumps. I've never called. I guess. Wow. I just put it together <laughs> that those were. 
Yeah, because when you get scared, you get goosebumps. I always call them goose pimples. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like my parents did a villainous hey, thing right may, there. Maybe it's a, like, you know, you're not from, we're not from the same we're not. original, you know, parts of these fine We got United so States. many, I man, I'm from New Mexico originally. We say the weirdest stuff. It's fair. Right? Yeah, I mean. So you started with what you called a nerdy pick and then yeah. chose a Western. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I'll go with my nerdy pick, which which is like also not that nerdy. Um, and it's Negan from The Walking Dead. Whoa, good. That is good. Yeah. So I so I watched The Walking Dead when it was on, and and this is a disclaimer for anybody listening to me. I have not kept up with The Walking Dead. I think I have like one more season to watch so i'm all the way through season nine so i I didn't finish it so you know there's still a lot of the arc left over but i was watching the walking dead as it was airing we were having walk-in parties every sunday night uh staying staying tuned for the talking dead after the walking dead yeah um but and i and i rewatched the series um last year with my daughter and um there are a lot of compelling villains in The Walking Dead. Yeah. One of the things about Negan that um, I loved was he is undeniably right in his own head. Um, there, it, it's it's I I think for him. Now again, I haven't watched the final season, so maybe some of this stuff does come out. But just watching him in the first three seasons that he is in, uh, Negan looks at the world as it is and says, you need a villain to keep order, to create rules of the structures of society. And sometimes to enforce that, bad stuff's got to happen. And so like, you know, the first time we meet Negan, there is this charisma and this charm and this he's 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 quipping and making jokes and then juxtaposed to doing one of the most heinous acts in the entire series that 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 scene that you're talking about i know people that never watched the walking dead again because of what Negan did to some of their favorite characters there and, it's, and so it's 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 funny because as i was watching it uh, as they were releasing, I hated what they did with Negan for the next couple seasons because I, I just kind of wanted wanted him to die. And yeah. I was like, oh, they're just milking Jeffrey Morgan Dean, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, I would too. Sounds like the dream. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the thing with... The thing with Negan was if you watch, if you binge those last couple seasons with him in there, there is a there is a fascinating story of a of a person who understands human nature and is so resolute that he is the hero of the story that that even if he has to lose some of his humanity, that is the way to save humanity. You know, yeah, I I often thought like The Walking Dead that Rick wasn't a good guy. Like I, well, I, that's the that's yeah. the battle of the, yeah, the story, like, right? Yeah, I mean, but like, it just depends on whose side you're on, you know. I mean, you know, it's just like, yeah. But I love Negan with well, the fact where he says, 
where he like uh, this I don't, it's like the second or third episode he's in and he's going to collect from from Rick and the people and he he screams little pig little pig let yep. me in oh that is like isn't that that's like and and who better to play that dude was awesome well, and he's so, menacing right so so again if you binge the entire series from like season two to season seven when maybe he makes an appearance Rick and crew are virtually always on top. They always come out of the situations better, stronger, and know how to handle the next situation. And it's until he meets Negan, who is undeniably more advanced, more, you know, spread out, has a better system, a better network, a better set of rules, and people who are uh, the henchmen, we have to have a whole episode about henchmen, henchmen who are <laughs> henchmen and women who are. Um, it's an equal opportunity. Equal, I, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. inclusive. Yeah. Extremely dedicated to his cause, right, mm. is to where they identify themselves as him because there shouldn't be a difference between the leadership and the followers. And so there's oh. this I, it's is one of those villains who I could never get over what he did. Because it was so heinous. And yet, from like a writing standpoint, it was so well done. And But don't they try to make Negan like, they try to like explain away some of his terrible tendencies, right? I mean. Well, right. So like um, the his rule of, of when I'm going to bring on a new group, I need to kill somebody. Yeah. Uh, and that is unfortunately what happens in the group. And he kills two people because, uh, you know, Rick. Um, Rick can't keep his mouth shut, That's which right. I didn't want him to. I wanted him to somehow get up and beat the 80, you know, yeah. people surrounding them. But, uh, uh and yeah. Kudos it, it, for you for keeping the integrity of no spoilers for people, you know, but, <laughs> right. you know. But it's that, it's that, uh, it, I think for, for Negan, and again, I didn't watch the last season. So there, there is still more and there's still, it's actually even ongoing. His saga is uh, still, you know, going, they're still making new Walking Dead content and other series. Yeah. Like they're in France now and stuff. Yeah. So like he's still a thing and he's yeah. still, so there's still more for the character to explore, but during those seasons where he is straight up just a villain, uh, yeah. they do kind of explore it a little bit. And you never know if it's this, like if, if he just likes to be in power and he knows how to manipulate people, or if he really does believe that he is creating order yeah. and just happens to reap the benefits of being the one at the top. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and and you know, Abraham's better than Glenn, so I just said it. So, you know, I like I liked Abraham. That was good. He was uh, yeah, he was just, he was a cool dude. I would take out Abraham too. So, oh man, you how are, how are you not? He's muscular. He's like menacing. He's like he's bull from he, uh, yeah from a band of brothers. He is like I mean you he is he is a formidable foe. You know, and I would even, yeah. And so, but not me. And that's a great choice, man. That is cool. I like that one a lot. I didn't see that one coming. So my obscure, an obscure villain, you know, and this is probably one of the most obscure villains that I could think of when we were, when we were looking at these, uh, looking at what makes a villain, but the a most memorable obscure villain for me is the 1982, the thing. And okay. so I, well, man, one, not the fifties one, 
Well, that's like the weird. <laughs> that's a weird one. Yeah. And so it's, is it a remake? It is a remake. The no. 80s was a remake of the 50s and the 2012 uh, this was remake. a remake of the 1980s. 82 blew it out of the water. And so like, cause yeah. Cause John I, Carpenter. I, yeah. John Carpenter. Like I, I love the thing. I, it was like the first, like, I rem- it was like my first scary movie. You know, like it was like my first, like, this is a legit scary movie. And it's it, disturbingly scary. Oh my gosh. It is a lot of body so, horror. A lot it, of body horror in that one. There is like body dysmorphia in there that is like, it is so, and like it, the thing didn't respect the boundaries of like, don't mess with dogs, you know? Like, and I remember watching that and he messed with the dogs <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> and, and I'm like, most people, I like, I don't like, I don't want a dog to needlessly, you know, get hurt or anything. Like, I think, I'm, you know, the 98% of Americans, I don't want to see that, you know, but I did the dog die in um sorry, rabbit hole. Did the dog die in the Will Smith vampire zombie movie? Uh I am legend. Yeah. yeah. The dog died, right? Yeah. 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 I, that I was watching that with my daughter, and that broke her. Yeah. She was done. I, she was like, "I, I don't, so, I don't want to watch this anymore." So, I am Legend in that part was so like we're not talking about I am Legend. We're talking about thing, but anyway. But I am Legend was so good in that part that uh, we watched it in the theater, and we were in there. And my, I, I told my wife, I, I just drank this giant Coke, and I was like, "I need to go to the bathroom. I have to go." And so I went to the bathroom. I ran to the bathroom. I ran back to the bathroom, and I and I sat down in an area that I thought I was sitting in. Like I thought that was my seat. Just, it was intense. It was that moment where the dog was right there. And, and, uh, and I sat down and I grabbed a hand of the person next to me that I thought was my wife and interlocked. I, 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 I we like grasped fingers and they like start you're telling the oh, story it was, it was, so quietly. It was just, well, it's because I'm a, it's shame, Chris. I was shameful. All right. And so like we, we like, I mean, we held hands and then I put my hand on the inside of my, her thigh and she went, and I looked at her. I was like, you're not my wife. I was like, She's not my wife. And I looked at my wife was three rows back. So <laughs> like, so that yeah. was a day you yeah. became a villain. It was. Uh, yeah. I, I looked at my wife and I was like, I may have committed adultery. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, that was a, that was a bad thing. And uh, we all had a good laugh about that later. But uh, yeah, so I am legend. Were waivers uh, signed or? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, she never called back. So, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. So my wife won. So 17 years and going. Ruddy, so but I just remember that part being so intense of the dog. But you're right. But the thing didn't mess. It messed with dogs. It messed with the animals. It messed with and I mean it messed with Wilford Brumley. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I was like, uh, th- dude, that movie one. If you know anything about Wilford Brumley, you're like, what? That's a diabetes like, guy, right? The diabetes. Yeah. yeah. And so he, that, yeah, I mean, where'd he get that? The thing. That's where he got the diabetes from. You know, it's like, you know I'm just joking. That's ridiculous. But I remember, I remember that movie. And I just occurred to me while we were talking that both of my obscure and my nerdy movies both star Kurt Russell. There's oh, like something there that I need to like, like look at myself. Really impactful in villains. And he has a or Clint. Yeah. Are those hmm. opposed to Kurt Russell? I guess. Yeah. I mean, own Tomahawk. I'm like, is there a Kurt Russell movie? Where is the hero I don't like? Who's the bad guy in uh Escape from LA? It's Snake. Snake's the bad guy. Who's Snake? He's that's Kurt Russell. That's his name. He's not the bad guy. 
well, an escape from L.A. He's I, the good guy. Yeah, but he did bad things to get Well, there. he's an anti-hero. Yeah. You know, we need an anti-hero like, episode. Yeah. So, oh, we will. <laughs> There's no question about it. But so the thing, like, I think what, like, got me about the thing that was just so, like, it, it was just so gripping. And so is not just the the how it didn't respect like when his boss is sitting there and his boss is on the table and they're about to do surgery to see if he had a heart attack or they're trying to save him and his stomach opens up with all them teeth and he eats the dog. Oh my gosh. That was that scene right there. I just remember being a kid like glued to the TV and just scared out of my mind because that is stuff that you'd never even thought of doing. And I just love the fact of that, that that happened. I think what's so, for me, what's so scary about the concept of the thing, right, is that, like, is the the body snatchers element, yeah, yeah. right, of, like, okay, humans need humans, you know, yeah. we need each other. And, and for a, any society to work, there has to be some level of trust. And, it, and, and that villain, that thing's yeah. entire way of of perpetuating itself is abusing right that need that it, we have yeah and that's what makes it so scary to me yeah. is that it's like okay well anybody anybody dude yeah i mean the, the thing the very i mean and maybe yeah. a dog yeah uh, yeah i mean <laughs> any dog that's just ter- that's just not right man you know but like <laughs> yeah at the very end where they're sitting there and you don't know like there's so many great theories on the end of the thing of is one of them the thing is you know and they're sitting there in the snow and it just kind of leaves them in antarctica no way out in the snow hey listen the thing won you know, I mean, that's, there's no way around that. Like humanity is doing, it was just, I just remember, but you're absolutely right. It violates the trust that we have in the hero because the thing could be anyone. And I just, I just love that about it. And Kurt Russell. And so, you know. <laughs> okay. So that was your obscure one. Obscured. And, you know, so I had to ask if it was the old school version because I went real obscure Really? With this one? I like it. Um, ha, did you watch, and we haven't talked about this, did you watch the old Twilight Zones? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Rob so, Sterling? I think one of the best old school 50s Twilight Zone episodes is called uh, It's a Good Life. And it's the one where the boy has the godlike powers he can oh, read minds and anything this. that he wishes comes true, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember being a kid and watching that episode, and it is a mixture of the, 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 the old school horror black and white oh, cinematography they're, they're fantastic. and the acting yeah. that it, it just it, – it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And I don't – have many villains that I would look at today and go, oh, that's a compelling villain because they're scary. You know, yeah. uh, like yeah. even like when I was saying the thing, right? Yeah. The thing is scary to me because of a completely different, you know, fear uh, that I have, not because it, you know, my buddy can open up into teeth or something, you know, I guess my belly, my buddy's belly can open yeah. up into teeth. I mean, that's, uh, that's but, disturbing. You know, it, 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 the villain attacks the trust. And in this case, the, it was such a compelling story because if you, if, 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 if anybody's not familiar with this episode, uh, it, the Twilight Zone presents 
it's like an episodic thing. So every episode is a completely different yeah. in an anthology, I believe is what they call it. And so this particular story was about a boy who's born with uh, basically godlike powers. So anything it want, he wants, it can, it can happen. Um, and uh, from the time he's born. And so uh, I, I think there's a story in that they mention early on in which they talk about how like even the the doctor who brought the child into, you know, the world ended up getting wished away because, the, you know, he slapped the, you know, baby on the butt to, you know, wake him up. So, you know, he's he's basically wishing these people away and they keep saying like, oh, send them to the cornfield. And, the, you know, the, they think the cornfield uh -huh. is the is the the graveyard, you know, kind of thing for the town. But so like in the Twilight Zone lore right so when this boy was born and he had that traumatic thing that happened it, it sequestered the entire town into its own little you know zone so that all of these sucks. people are trapped yeah with this child that they can't say no to and and the child just becomes the monster yeah. right sounds horrible and it's such an allegory right of like that's what the all the twilight zones were for yeah. is like well if you give the kid everything he wants he will become a monster you know yeah. But in this case, the child is literally like a little demon child. Like there is a scene, um, if I remember right, they're all like playing piano and he's like, I don't I don't want to I don't want to hear that song. And they're like, well, we're here for Joe's birthday party or something. And Joe's already getting drunk and he's just like, you know, because wow. life Joe, in the Twilight Zone. Joe has a drinking problem that he gets yeah. birthday party. And, uh, and, well, it was Joe's birthday, and the kid's like, don't play Happy Birthday, I want to play this song. And everybody's just got a tiptoe around him, yeah. and he can't even think bad thoughts about him because he can read your thoughts. And so... Oh, that really sucks. And so... Uh, I would die in like 3.2 yeah. seconds. Joe starts losing, Joe starts losing it, <laughs> and the kid turns him into a, like a jack-in-the-box... Uh, you know, it's like a, it's like what a, a horrible. Yeah. And the Simpsons actually spoofed. I this, do remember yeah, the Simpsons. In, uh, Treehouse, in the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. yeah. Of Horrors. They, they spoofed it. And, uh, and so, <laughs> but like, it's one of those things where, you know, he is the, the little child actor doing this and the writing, it's like, it's just, it works so well. And it's one of those things where it l left me going, you know, most horror you just run away. Yeah. You know, you like that's the yeah. easy solution. Yeah. How do you fix this? Yeah. You know, like you have to somehow. And that's that's that again for me is the mark of a good villain that makes you go. Oh, what do we learn? That's like the what that's like under this? under the dome thing, you know, without like, you know, like that all of the you're stuck there. You can't mm -hmm. get out. And so people who usually want it be bad are you know evil or anything they turn evil and everything is that concept but yeah the i totally i remember watching the jack in the box i like when you said that it cl like all yeah. clicked for me and yeah the way they, that's like the big they only show yeah. it for like they show they show oh. his face on the jack in the box yeah. for maybe a second it's not right and then it's and then right. it's a shadow on the wall just yeah. kind of rocking back and forth and oh, those twilight sounds were Reject. I love watching the old cinematography, oh. how they did the camera tricks and different yeah. things. But. Like the the black and white is actually, it's actually really cool how they did. Like they, they went in color like later on yeah. and they weren't as to me as impactful because those black and white is just so, you know, it, it was really cool to see and how, you know, 
It just reminded me that I used to watch the Alfred Hitchcock show. When oh, I, was a kid I love Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> oh, I saw one Alfred Hitchcock where nobody died. Like nobody died. And it got to Alfred Hitchcock at the end of the episode. And he said, well, that was disappointing, wasn't it? <laughs> That's awesome. Which, by the way, if you're going to be on here, you just need to know that bad impersonations are part of it. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's yeah. all you too. I, yeah. I don't know. Oh, man. I can do Alfred Hitchcock call. One time on a video, I did my Irish accent, and I never heard the end of it. So I'm sure people are still hating me for it. <laughs> it's like, like you, you've literally made a country want to murder you. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, we don't sound like that. <laughs> Leave us alone, Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> yep robin hood prince of these are minute types you're welcome so yeah that's hilarious what a great thing i love it so um yeah and so my oh now we're coming to like my basic 100 percent. i've seen this movie probably 20 times because of this villain he's one of my all-time favorites i remember being in third grade at Cl in Clovis, New Mexico, of all places, a Sterling Metropolis. And I got this movie because there's nothing really to do in Clovis. And I got this movie and I wore the VHS out. I literally ran a whole, we had to buy another VHS. I watched it so much. It's one of my favorite movies. And the movie is called Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm. So and, it was like a teaser yeah. just a moment ago oh, when you referenced. Yeah. Oh, men, yeah, 100%. Because the thing about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, that's one of the, the biggest jokes in it. It's, it stars Kevin Costner, which I like Kevin Costner. I like him in everything he do. He he, he, he do. I like him in everything he do. All right. But uh, he doesn't speak in an English accent. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Would so, it have been better if like, uh, Kurt Russell played in? Oh, well, I mean – I think I would have the, the, it's called a Russell trifecta if you do that. And I'm just a not Russell sure. Fecta? A Russell fecta. You can't do that. All right. And so, but yeah, he, he didn't, he had this weird, like he, apparently he, Kurt Russell, or uh, Kurt, <laughs> Kevin Costner tried a, uh, a British accent. It just didn't work. Mm. And so, you know, and so he just went with his normal accent. So Con everybody. Contracts are contracts. Right. Everybody else spoke in an English accent. And I mean, and, and it's him. And I think like, Christian Slater that don't do it, that don't speak in English accent. You're like, and you're like, that is, and it turns out they're brothers. So maybe, you know, their mom or something was from America and that's, I could explain this away. But anyway, there's a villain in the movie and he's played by probably one of the top greatest villainous actors of all time in Alan Rickman. And so mm. awesome. Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, he was Amazing. He was. Can I say something? Yes. This might help you be more, uh, not that you're not, but, yeah. you know, captivating. Um, I have never seen this film. So, I you know. Never. So, so everything wanted, you're saying is I, like brand new to me, except I've heard the English accent I, before. I want to be the kid that wished his friend as a jack in a box right now. <laughs> That's what I want. You're it's learning like, the wrong lesson from the villain. It's a villain show. All right. This is like the right lesson is. I mean, you know, up is down, left is right here. So, um, but no, man, it is so good. I can't believe you've never seen it. It is. I mean, and, and granted, it's it's 80s goodness. Brian Adams does his love ballad. There's Brian Adams oh, in the Robin Hood film. Oh, he does a love ballad. Like, like, One time I made a mixtape. What? One time I made a mixtape of oh. me singing oh. Brian Adams songs. We got to find this. No, yeah. no, I think oh, yeah. it's gone. I, I need I think, it. Like, I, I don't think it ever hit the internet. Did, did you do it in the summer of 69? No, that? I was not. Oh. Uh, I was not conceived yet. 
No, that's not what I meant. That's the song. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, 69 is a Brian Adams song. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think right? so. Right? <laughs> I must be mistaken. In the summer of 69. Oh, no, that's Brian Adams. Yeah, that's I didn't. I, mean. I didn't have that one on there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Chris singing is not a oh, thing anyone really asked yeah. for. It's kind of like Kevin Costner's British accent, huh? Yeah. Right. Oh. Okay, so yeah. bad guy, so, Alan yeah. Rickman. Alan Rickman is like, so he is, he's hungry, he's power hungry, all right? So obviously, and he wants to overtake the, you know, he, it's the normal Robin Hood sheriff of Nottingham story, you know? But Alan Rickman saw this role and he was like, you know what? I'm going to up it up a notch. I'm not just going to be a bad terrible person in power i'm going to be a bad terrible person in power that deserves an oscar and so he like did he win one no but man he should have he should have won all the oscars for it and so like i mean like best actress he should have won them all all right so he like he was compelling and he was funny and he was i mean he had a cousin that kind of did his bidding. His cousin, his cousin was his henchman that went and did all of the, who, I mean, it was really cool how, how that just relationship worked. His, his stepmother was a witch and the witch raised him and, and, and he you got to see some of the backstory of him. But what it made you do is you knew all of the stuff about him. You knew like he was raised by a witch, so he's heartless and he loved Miriam all, and he wanted to marry her, but he didn't want to marry her for her looks. He wanted to marry her for her power. And he, you knew this back story that should make you feel sad for him and you don't you, you you he's that good of a bad guy to where you know all of that stuff and you look at him like this guy sucks like he deserves everything he gets there's a there's one part where um so he gets cut by robin hood uh when robin hood comes up and he tries to like steal money for the poor and all that stuff do that robin hood thing you know and the uh he gets cut and they make this giant statue of the sheriff of nottingham and some loser goes up there and cuts the like puts it like the, it scrapes out of stone they scrape a, a, a scar right in front of him uh, in front of the the statue and everything he sees the statue and he's so vain that he thinks he can actually rub it off all right but it's etched in there and his conclusion to that is he's going to uh, he's just going to sleep with a whole bunch of women. That's what he's going to do. His he's a terrible person. It's a terrible bad guy. Why did my parents let me watch this as a kid? I don't know. <laughs> but I was enthralled with it. And like, there's a scene where, where uh, that uh, the sheriff of Nottingham, they're taking over Robin Hood's village where he lives, lives up in the trees like a lost boy, you know, and and, he, and he's up there and everything. And he, he gets these help from these like Viking characters, the Huns and their, their people. And they're, they're like a, they're a tribe that have like skulls and everything. They're pretty terrible people, but they just don't look like, I mean, you, you know, if you're like, Hey, who, who's someone that I could hire that looks terrifying. Oh, that dude that has a whole army of skulls on his chest. Let's get that guy. You know, <laughs> it's like, so they go and they take over this village and there's this really cool scene where there's all these like fire arrows walking back and it looks at, and you look at Alan Rickman just on the horse, the sheriff Nottingham and he looks as bored as but like this is nothing to him you like your villains a little sassy dude he was awesome when he did that he was just like it was so cool to see um when his brother uh he he tells Robin Hood if I see you again I'm gonna cut your heart out with a spoon and the his, his cousin's like 
why a spoon, cousin? He's like, because it's dull, you twit, it'll hurt more. You know, I'm just like, ah, oh. this is like, yeah, it was great. That was probably like one of my favorite, like all, and that's a movie like today, if I watched, I would probably, I would love all of it. it. Is it the best movie ever made? No, but man, Alan Rickman made that character and he made it really cool. I absolutely love it. So that's my basic dude. So I love it. Yeah. So my basic choice for a villain, like just, just I chose it because, you know, you referenced that conversation uh, years ago where uh, this idea for the podcast arrived. And I'm pretty sure what got us on the topic in the first place was this villain and it's Thanos. Oh yeah. Right. Um, familiar with the MCU. Mm -hmm. Right. And he was kind of the big bad guy for, most of like phase one through four well he's kind of looming for the first couple and then uh in the background for the last it's kind of he who should not be named yeah and then the you know and then it all culminates to the to the to the final two uh films in that whatever section of of movies in that universe uh but i i've always found and i i think he's the basic one because he's probably like the like if we're going to have a podcast and you're going to talk about villains, like it feels like Thanos has to come up because it was such a big deal within the last few years. What made him to me a compelling villain? Uh, it goes back to everything else, right? Like that I've been, I think all, you, you like your sassy um, <laughs> and, and body hoarder. And then I, for me, it is it is the villains who think they're right. The ones who think that they are uh, oh, justified, the, yeah. you know, the ones who are blinded by their tunnel vision, um, because the easy thing mm. with Thanos, right? And if you're not familiar, listeners, Thanos's whole goal, he's an alien. One, if you're not familiar, get out of the rock you're living in. Yeah, so. yeah. So he's an alien yeah. uh, who has... Um, virtually the same powers as uh, the little boy from the Twilight Zone. (laughs) So anything he wishes can come true because he's got some magic space artifacts. And (laughs) and so so he's able to just – what he thinks is just fix a problem, which is a problem like we're currently looking at on Earth, which is overpopulation and all of the logistical problems that happen because of that. Right. Um, food and uh, and resources and then blending the politics on top of that. And it just makes for a kind of a compelling thing. His solve for it is um, like a, uh, a, a a crappy lottery of genocide um, to where it is a, a, a snap of his fingers, which he's very obsessed with the snap. But a snap of his fingers and he'll wipe out a uh, half yeah. of all life across well, across the universe. Did you see how big his fingers were? He got big fingers. I mean, yeah. They he, look like he's he's a big guy. They look like the uh like a like a slim gym that's like those mega ones, like tied together, like three tied together. They're massive. Well, and, and so. he's he's portrayed by uh Brolin, Josh Brolin. Yeah. Right. And he brings this like subtle thing to the role where it's it's a it's a uh it's a it's a power under control mm-hmm. a rage that's you know just under control and so there is a scene in which he, thanos is explaining to tony stark like 
you know, there was a time in my planet where we, you know, uh-huh. and he kind of talks about that overpopulation issue. And then they didn't listen to Thanos's great idea of just killing half of the, you know, population of the planet in order to let them thrive. And then because of that, their whole civilization collapsed. Um, sad story. Uh, yeah. and, and so his quest then was to find all of these magics, you know, artifacts so that he could make his wishes come true. And the problem is, like, if you had unlimited, re, you know, ability to just make wishes come true, you could just like you could just like make more food. You know, like there isn't an overpopulation issue. That is something that's um, just, like you can if, create more resources. If, yeah. if you have unlimited power. Yeah. Right. But he is so blinded by what yeah. he just thinks is right. Yeah. And he's not able to be reached. And then also he's got people around him who are like they're they're bad guys. Like yeah. and and he's a bad guy for sure. But he's also very blinded by like this is the right thing to do. And so you know, they're like, well, then what? What are you going to do after that? And he's like, I'm going to sit down, look at my, uh, you know, farm on my farm and I'm going to watch the sunset on a on a on a on a grateful universe. Yeah. And it, it, for him, that is it is there's no power. There's no glory. There's no he just wants to do what he thinks is right, which yeah. makes him dangerous. Yeah. One hundred percent. And so. it, it, that to me is one of those things where. You know, stories are always a way of teaching and always a way of, you know, sharing a message, right? Like that's why villains exist in the first place. And so for me, Thanos is is one of those things of like there are people in your life who are blinded by their own ambitions and they are not ever – you can't reason with them. Yeah. They're not going to yeah. – just the fact that he could do all the resources and he chooses not to shows you that he's he's got a, he got a, a tinge of well that's badness. the thing right so, yeah, In, so. insanity crazy people don't know they're crazy <laughs> right like and so for Thanos I hey, bet you ninety percent of the people are like am I am I crazy well am no I, is that because happening? crazy people don't <laughs> think they're crazy oh yeah they're so resolute that they're the same yeah, one they're so, the one who gets it so the two percent we're talking to. You need to see someone. Yes. Right. Like if you look at like, I'm not saying that he's, you know, one way that people have a lot of feelings about this person. But Elon Musk is like one of those people that I'm like, man, you you could be a villain. if you <laughs> Like he's so resolute on what it is that he thinks is right at the moment yeah. and he's going to do it and yeah. he does it. And it, it doesn't matter if anybody's like, hey, that's crazy. Yeah. He's he's going to do it. I'm going to buy Twitter. I'm going to buy Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and he did it all. Yeah. Not, not that bad. he's a villain, yeah. but no, no, it's no, almost that mean. like, you they know, got the, they got that drive, that drive, that drive to, and then to carry it out. Yeah. The ability so, yeah. to actually do it yeah. makes and, someone scary. And Thanos, like the thing, like, I'm not a big superhero bad guy. I'm, I just like, I like my villains to be kind of realistic. I like them to be, you know, and, and kind of like what we talked about earlier, like, you know, the, the villain match, the hero, you know, mm-hmm. this is the first villain in the MCU and they had to build him up for five or six movies. They had to build him up that they had to rise to defeat him. That's why I like infinity infinity wars. That's why I like the, the Thanos and arguably it, the Russo brothers did such a good job on that. Cause like what the, what they make you think is that he's the hero. 
Like if you read, if you watch Infinity Wars, it's per, it's from the perspective of Thanos. Oh yeah, you know, like he's the he's the it main guy you story follow. For sure. Yeah, and so it's kind of got that 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 hero view, not like you yeah. Know, that, that, well, that's yeah. the thing, right? The 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 villain that I find the most compelling yeah. and dangerous is the one who thinks they're the hero. I mean, yeah, and so I just yeah, I really I really liked what they and the fact that he took some really cool characters. Well, and and it, like, the yeah. film ones are a far cry from the the comic comics one, oh my who, gosh in which his motivations are are yeah, like you know like impress death yeah like yeah. The, the 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 concept of oh, death is yeah. presented as a female woman yeah and you know thanos is like yeah hey i know how to impress you i'll <laughs> kill half the universe and, you know yeah which is like this is so yeah. petty and you know yeah uh, silly and stupid yeah. and, and and then i felt like this one it was it was an easy way to get out of this yeah. but it, it was compelling because of the the, the, are, the blindness you know those are some really good bad those are some really good uh, yeah i just love it uh, in the comics you can't get it any better than than comic book thanos love comic book death it's like that's like vintage goodness right there to where yeah and then oh yeah it's just it's just really really cool so so yeah and and so what we're going to be the guys we're going to be talking about later on is we're going to be talking about uh some of our favorite and least favorite halloween villains uh next time about what was your favorite one what wasn't your favorite one why is it you know and so um and so and so let us know leave us a review how did we do did we do good did we do bad who's your obscure nerdy or basic villain i want to know i mean we want to talk about who'd we miss i know we missed there's millions of villains out there we had to have missed somebody so let us know leave us a review leave us a five-star review and you're going to find something underneath your pillow villain that's a villain thing to say (laughs) yeah It is. See you later, everybody. Bye.